so excited for everyone to hear and listen to this amazing interview that I have today. Uh, and first and foremost, welcome to Kasama Hanko. Today I had the opportunity of having um, Geraldine here with us today and talk a little about herself and her growing up experience here in Hawaii and just getting to know her first and foremost. Um, I recently met her through Instagram, um, through our Filipino spacing community here. And I just a little bit like wanting to get to know um, like your, um, her story. And with that said, um, we'll start off by asking um, if you can tell us a little bit about yourself, um, preferred name, um, personal pronouns if you have a profession and are you a first 1.5 second third fourth or fifth generation yeah so uh, first and foremost thank you for having me thank you for reaching out I think it's really amazing to be able to do something like this I was really caught off guard but you know, I really <laughs> appreciate the opportunity I you know I wouldn't think as of myself as somebody that um, should be sharing uh, should be sharing her story in any way or anything like that. So thank you for allowing that opportunity. So my name is uh, Jerry Lynn Kylie Ornelas, and I am 25, I'll be 26 in a couple days, years old. And um, my, I usually go by Jerry, and my personal pronouns are um, she and her. I am a first year teacher at um, a elementary school in Kalihi and I teach K through five music education. I also do like random part-time things, like some uh, pre-pandemic, I sang a lot for wedding gigs and uh, just random gigs here and there. And I make stickers and I make charcuterie boards and um, personalized portraits on the side at um, my Instagram for that is uh, Sincerely Jerry. And it's just, it was just like a little uh, part-time part thing that I did during the pandemic just to make a couple extra bucks and also something fun to do that that was creative and that wasn't me. I am, I want to say, uh, it's, it's, a little, it's a little interesting because my family on my mom's side um, from them, I would be considered third, third generation, but then I would be considered fourth generation on my dad's side. So I'm, my, my mom is full Filipino and, um, uh, my dad is half Filipino. So my, my grandparents are from, are from the Philippines on my mom's side and my great grandparents are from the Philippines on my dad's side. Oh, what a really interesting mix. Um, I just wanted to ask, where is your, um, mom's side of the family from and then what is your dad's family side of the family from and what is your other half <laughs> yeah so um first like uh like i'm from hawaii my parents are both from hawaii and my parents on my grand my grandparents on my dad's side are also from hawaii on my grandparents on my mom's side are both from um ilocos Marte, and also my grandparents on my great-grandparents on my dad's side are from my local side. My grandparents are, um, but on my mom's side, unfortunately, are um, they, they are, have passed away for a really long time. So I didn't really get any stories or anything like that about what they, um, 
what it was like. So a lot of the things that I hear about what about them first and foremost, and uh, their what their life was like is through stories that my parents. So uh, now I'm hearing this correctly is that um, your grandparents are are you migrated from Hawaii and then your parents were born here. Yeah. So my grandpa on my mom's side was a plantation worker. Ah, a cicada. Yeah. Nice. That's really nice to hear. And then, um, I don't know if you answered, but then on your dad's side, since you said your dad was half Filipino, what is your dad's half side? The other half? Yeah, the other half. Oh, the other half um, is uh, Puerto Rican Portuguese. So people like <laughs> look at me, right? And my, my last name is Ornelas, right? And it's, mm-hmm. it's Spanish last name. So it's like, yeah. oh, you could be Filipino, but you don't necessarily look just Filipino. And when I pronounce the L's, then it's like, okay, now I really don't know what you are. <laughs> but, but it's funny because it isn't Filipino, right? Because my mm-hmm. dad's my, my my dad's mom is the Filipino. Oh, yeah. well, I want I just want to say like into like Filipino uh, food wise, food cuisine wise, both have really great um, food. Um, oh yeah, patelas and adobo. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, I was just having a conversation with my sister the other day. It's like, our, our kids, they, they, you know, they'll not, they might not be able to make every Filipino dish, but they'll be able to make some really good Spanish rice. <laughs> the, the, the party is going to be, yeah. be fun. And we're heading into that holiday season, looking forward to all of that great food already. I know, and like, Going into like food wise, if you could describe yourself in a Filipino food or eat, yeah, Filipino food cuisine or dessert, your personality, what would you describe yourself and why? It's gonna sound really, really basic, and I'm sure I'm not the only one who said it, but I feel like my gut is just saying that I have to go with halo halo. Like, it's, I, I feel like because I'm not a first generation Filipino and I'm I'm from the west side and I do all these things and try to um, immerse myself with different groups and whatnot that I have a lot of knowledge from different parts different different identities that I I personally have connection with whether whether it's a Filipino culture or being here in Hawaii or just understanding and acting like quote unquote I say this very loosely, but a West Side Bengal. You know what I mean? Like, all <laughs> things come into play with who, like, I am. Because, like, I feel like when people look at me, you don't necessarily think, like, that's your average Filipino girl. You know what I mean? And, like, I teach I teach in Kalihi. So I, I, I see all the Filipinos. Like, my, my, one of my classes, I was just talking about Filipino culture, and I looked at them, and I was like, yeah, 90% of you in this room. So I feel like I have all these different hats that really help to broaden my idea of what culture and identity is. And I feel like like the only way to think about that is like a mix of everything, right? And you put it all together and I feel like that's that's who I am. I love that. And honestly, like just thinking about a halo halo, like first when you first buy it, like it looks like the 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 dish itself but when you mix it actually mix it like that's like oh the flavors come out and like right. that's and like I'm just like even though it's like a very basic answer I feel like it's different from like your perspective and your experience so I'm excited to get to know a little bit more <laughs> oh. 
Thank you. Yeah, I think with Hollow Hollow too, right? When you think about it's like all these different things. And well, yeah, right. When you eat it, you don't necessarily think about all those different things. You're just like, wow, this is this is a dessert and I'm going to enjoy this. <laughs> Same thing with our like own culture and identity. Like we are this is what we see in like the mainstream media, but like once we get to know a little bit about ourselves, it's like oh wow that didn't know that about me or like well i didn't know that this is our history mom or dad yeah exactly and with that i wanted to kind of transition along into asking the question how would you say you understand your own filipino identity and culture yeah i think for me it's a real it wasn't really easy to try and identify with i think growing up I, you know, I, I kind of always wished that I was full Filipino or that I was, I don't know, something else. Not this weird, like, half and half um, or 75, 25, whatever, right? But um, when I was in high school, I feel like that's when, or maybe after high school, that's when I was able to really uh, find my place in my Filipino culture by going to uh, Sarilingua conferences. Um, yeah, and that was something like when I, when I was in school, I never did, but I was roped back in to be, um, the leaders. And so not only did I get to learn a lot for myself, I was able to, you know, be somebody that was a resource and a mentor for all these young Filipino kids. And that I still, you know, I still keep in touch with, whether it's just, um, liking their post on Instagram or whatever, or saying hi, um, seeing each other in Foodland or something like that. But I really think that that was a very big beginning for me of how how I could actually start to identify. Because I don't um, I don't speak Filipino at all. My parents, um, my parents, my mom understands, but doesn't doesn't exactly um, doesn't exactly speak to us, and we don't know anything. And so like having that disconnect was a little hard, but in my adult life, I think I care about it and I care to learn about it more. Um, just being, there's more, um, what is the word? There's, we're just, there's more uh, being seen for the indigenous people and knowing that like, that's where our people come from and like, being able to support POCs and um, Asian Pacific people and media and music and whatnot. And being able to, like I said, um, have those kids in, um, in my schools and being able to be somebody for them, right? They, they look at, they can look at me and be like, wow, um, my teacher, my music teacher is Filipino. I can, I can be a Filipino teacher too. One day. Oh, I, I kind of wanted to like di- um, go into that a little bit more because like, um, I think half like so much of the times like when we like know someone like when we see someone that like looks exactly like us like we feel kind of like seen, and it makes us like really like welcome like oh they're 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 filipino so like i'm comfortable to just be myself around them um in comparison to just not having or not seeing anyone like who are exactly the same um ethnicity or culture yeah i think that like that's i mean that's a big thing i think for us when we were growing up especially think about media um 
and music, there aren't a lot. And the ones that they are there, you know, we know very, very well, right? We listen, we all listen to AJ Raphael, Mackin and whatnot too. And we really look up to the people, you know? That's a very Filipino thing, right? When we see one of our kind doing something really good, no matter what it is, we're always rooting. And I think that it doesn't only have to happen at the level of, you know, being famous or being this, this big person in the media, it can I can start small, even like in our school. When I told I told my kids that um, I was Filipino too, all you hear is I'm Filipino and I'm Filipino and I'm Filipino, and I'm like, yeah, I know. But like for them, it's a big thing to be like, wow, like you do, especially especially in Kalihi, right? These are kids mm-hmm. that may not have seen outside of Kalihi um, to be like, like that that that'd be cool. And I've gotten questions like. Miss Ornelas, what does it take to be, like, how do you be a teacher? Or like, how did you do it? How was college? And these, these are young kids. These aren't like high school kids thinking about what they're going to do for college. These are these young kids that still have time to really think about what they want to be in when they grow up. And for any of them to even think that they wanted to do music because I was their teacher would be a really big honor um, for just for identity-wise and culture-wise, but also just as a music teacher. And then remind me again, like what grade levels are you teaching? Yeah, it's uh, kindergarten through five. So I have about... Oh, I'm just like imagining in my head like a kindergartner, like asking like, what does it like doing your job? <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. I want to say that it was the... the um, I mean, the, the older kids, they're just like teacher. The younger kids are like teacher, teacher, right? Yeah. And the older kids, I, I'm pretty sure it's my fourth grade kids. They, they were the ones that just had all these random questions and they, I had time and they asked. And I really, you know, you don't really think that they're going to ask things like that too, right? So it was really interesting to hear and to know that they're curious and also just to recognize how observant they are right (laughs) honestly that's the age for like so much ideas come in and go and like we hear this phrase a lot like kids kids know better than actually adults do (laughs) yeah there I think we underestimate them a lot of times right but they're always watching and they're always listening too so I think it's really important that we you know we get to also pick their brains a little bit and we can see what kind of things that you know they come up with or want they what they want to know right because that's gonna help us to help them later and like kind of going back a little bit to your answer uh is like you mentioned you had a kind of like was it really easy to identify your identity Actually, in high school, is it, it wasn't until after high school that you found your place um, due, um, due to the organization of Sri Lingawa. Um, I kind of wanted to kind of go back into it a little bit more because it kind of ties into my next question. How you personally struggled with embracing your own identity? I mean, I, think, I don't think it's, it's something that I'm done with. I think it's still something that I grapple with now. Like I said, because I don't um, speak the language, because my parents are from here that um, I feel like there's a lot of things that I miss out on, right? One, like just the language in general, when somebody says something or, you know, there's, there's some inside joke or whatever. It's like, what? I, I don't, I don't know. I know common things here and there, but nothing, nothing, um, nothing very significant. Um, and I think too, that, that, that also plays when you talk about like foods, you know, when people are like, oh, have you had this or that? 
and I'm just like, I don't know what you're talking about, but I, like, I kind of do, <laughs> and um, just, you know, trying to find ways that I could connect with culture when I didn't have those things was a little tough, right? Because I, like, as much as I, I still to this day want to learn um, how to speak Ilocano, like, I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily know, like, where to start or, you know, who to talk to. Um, I think a big thing for me was to be able to gain connection through food, um, my recent recently my my cousins decided we were going to uh we're going to go to our grandma's house and we're going to cook and um my grandma my grandma's full filipino woman but you know has all of the recipes from the puerto rican and the portuguese side and you know being able to learn recipes from her i think was a big way for all of the cousins to get a little piece of that culture uh even though even though we were missing you know some things like language and I think that's really like, like one thing I, like I, I think about like when you were um, sharing is that like, although like you don't have necessary that connection yet to the culture, like is there something that, is there something that you currently love doing that um, maybe it can point us a way to connect to our culture a little bit, like what you love to do? I think that what I do in in my in my career and you know like maybe the um <laughs> the, the stereotype of being you know that Filipino that can sing or whatever I feel like I've I've spent a lot of my life playing on that and tr you know trying um to look up to uh Filipino music artists and you know really wanting to shine like them and using them as um inspiration and in in my own classes making sure that you know if you know there's there's probably kids like me that um you know they don't speak the language and they don't they don't know many filipino things but they want to or you know they don't know if they want to so i um spend a part of my curriculum making sure that they learn filipino songs or that you know we decide to incorporate knickling or um and i just i just recorded um an audio recording for for UH to use of me singing Baha'i Kubo. You know, there's this very small things that what whatever that whatever I do in my daily life in my career that I can use to, you know, to share with others. Yeah. Um the one thing that came up is like especially being a music teacher, like there um I'm not sure if you know about um the the three main forms of like how Filipinos were introduced through like um music was through um, the Harana, uh, Kundima, Kundima, and Randola, like, the, those are, like, different yeah, yeah, styles, yeah, 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 so, exactly. like, I think, like, that just came up, because, like, your music, like, when, when you share, like, your music teacher, like, this, like, a really great form, of so, like, um, embedding with, like, um, your, your curriculum. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny you say Randola, because the, um, the, the university the university that's in charge of that right in the Philippines that's really big on that and they travel and whatever they came within the past couple years to UH and I really really enjoyed their um, their workshop you were we were able they were able to teach us songs and seeing them perform for one on all of those string instruments was amazing 
and uh, we all were able, we, we got together and we sang La Roncinta and it was just really cute. And for my friends, a lot of my co- colleagues are not Filipino. So, you know, they got to try tinnickling for the first time and seeing one of my professors, you know, jumping and dancing around. And, um, but also seeing this incredible professor, um, just, she, was, she was just like a woman, woman and Hour. like you knew that she, she was talk, she knew what she was talking about and I just wanted to keep learning from her so it was a really awesome experience. like I feel like if it's not food like trying to get into um, our culture it's like music learning like the dated like pre-culture pre-colonial days of like music wise like it's just traditional music just hits something else yeah really it really does though I I'm What's, what's, I think, really sad about it is that we don't have a lot of those things written down, right? Especially for music education, we don't have those records. So the, the things that I teach are, you know, it's probably the same set of songs that you'd see if somebody gave you, like, here are a Filipino songs, you know? It'd be that same 10, 15 list that they teach in schools. But what if that's the, that's the 15 songs we're going to give, I'm going to start including them. So it's, it's sad that we don't have more, I think. That, that have been, that have lasted and have been recorded and have been, um, that have made it into like printing for music education. I, I mean, I, I, I teach my kids, like I said, like they're gonna learn Baha'i Kubo and Leron Leron Sinta and all these like little kids songs, which are really great. But I think that, you know, the more that we can give them and the more diversity in, so that they know that like our music isn't just those two kinds of songs right would be a great thing for them to have as well exactly and like going into this route what are some things that you still want to learn especially about our culture i think that within especially within the pandemic and um just the the power of social media i think there's a lot uh, a lot that's being said that we don't necessarily think about right like i saw something about I th- it was like the toxicity of, you know, our Filipino relatives or, you know, as a Filipino American, the, like we have these certain do's and don'ts. And I think what I wanted, what I want to learn more is I want to learn how I can be a voice, you know, that supports those kinds of things, so that supports the kind of information that we don't necessarily see anymore. Like, yes, we know so much about music and food, and those are the big, uh, good things that we see, but there's so many other layers underneath that, and, uh, you know, some of those aren't necessarily as positive, but, you know, in 2021, I think those are the things that need our attention, um, and, if I, you know, if I can't help in terms of language, in terms of translating something for someone, or in terms of being able to speak for my people, then I want to find outlets in which I can. And I think that just educating myself in those other topics is a good I love start. that, honestly. Um, I think that's, like, like, that's one thing that I've been, like, challenging myself to kind of like put out there is like using this kind of like learning different people's experience growing up in Hawaii we kind of get this sense of like at time like like I don't know if you ever felt it like growing up is like when you think about like Filipino culture like just culture in general it really didn't like 
became that big until like just recently this year because I feel like being in Hawaii we're just like uh, you're Filipino or you're this okay okay and then we just go on with our life like we don't really dive deeper unless like something big happens right because so. it's it's not like we we didn't know we were Filipino right all this time or that it's a surprise or whatever but I think there's there's something in the water that's pushing a lot of people you know to really embrace their culture and to you know use their voice and to tell people um, all about it and I think but I do think a big part of um, being seen too is just how much the fact of like small businesses come up and you know I, like I, I always um, I always encourage people and I do this I do this like with my earrings and like small things and whatnot like I always want to buy from small Filipino um, artists and jewelers and um, whoever and like food food businesses and stuff on the island and I think that if, when, when we can help each other like these small businesses I think that's for us locally I think that's a really good way to help bring each other up right and to have have our, have us lift our own people up and like one thing along with one thing along with that that I wanted to kind of add in before I forget is like um like especially with our own culture alone like in being in Hawaii like we're so we're like we're really like we're so fortunate to just like have like this kind of like welcoming like community like everyone is just like yes we have our own like own biases like everyone has their own conflict but here in the islands is really different in where like you're kind of like you have that open like safe safe net even though it's very small right yeah and I think it's it comes from that same understanding of like we really appreciate and uh take family as a as one of our things to really be cherished and the way that we welcome people in or the way that we embrace each other is a big part of that and it's, there's very there's very much similarities right between I mean I Hawaii as as a state but I also like like Hawaii um from its people from its native Hawaiians right I think there's very much similarities when it comes down to cultural values and like, kind of like touching a little bit more heavy topics is like have you like with the things that you know now and know still wanting to know about your own culture and identity um is there kind of like this overlap between being um a mix like being a mixed race like your own like kind of like reflection yeah i think that to a certain extent i think that in itself that it's its own thing and i think that has to be embraced and that has to be acknowledged in a way of of that it's 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 something that's a good thing right like how lucky am I to be able to have first-hand experiences in multiple kinds of cultures rather than just one you know it, it, and that's uh something that I don't think I would have been able to say I think that's something that I would have been like no that's not how I feel I'd feel like I don't really um feel like I'm a part of any of those but I think now at 25 I'm finally able to look at what like who I am and be able to be proud of those things and I think that that's um something that's been a long time coming but I also think that is something still to be working on and that's something that 
I need, I, I feel like I need to give the attention, you know, to learn, if I'm going to learn about Filipino culture, I should also be learning about my other cultures at the same time and not necessarily choosing one or the other. Um, because like I said, when you, if, when, if somebody were to look at me, they, they'd probably be like, yeah, she's probably Filipino, but like, there's something else there, right? And I think for, for me, I think that I, that's something that, you know, people, people don't exactly come up to me and be like, what are you? But I feel like those kinds of statements, I feel like you have to justify it sometimes. And that's not exactly what everybody wants to do either. So I think it's still a struggle of balancing how much attention do I give to each of these and how do I better myself? Like, how do I better myself as somebody that's of Filipino descent? Or how do I um, do that as somebody that is of Puerto Rican descent, right? And that's all with just, we're talking just biological, like not, like what else, you know, I can also apply that same mentality to how do I do that as somebody that lives here in Hawaii and um, speaks from somebody from here, you know, to people that don't live here or aren't from here. And how do I do that as somebody that's, you know, from the West side and goes and um, talks talks to kids on the opposite side of the island, right? Or as, as a music teacher. And, you know, the list goes on and on and on and on. So I think constantly I'm still trying to find that balance. A really great way to put out there, like I feel like being mixed race, it's not just having one superiority than the other. It's like, how can I make one culture, um, how can I kind of like not blend these together, but how can I make, it's like, compliment how can I compliment them like being Filipino and then being Puerto Rican like how can I compliment that culture with right them? and when you live here there's just there's there's a lot of ways to be in touch with the Filipino side right we're, we're very lucky here that there's so many Filipinos and you know we have Filipino Filipino festivals and so many organizations that support Filipinos but you know that's not exactly the same or other cultures, and specifically, I'm thinking like for my um, Puerto Rican culture, like I don't necessarily have those things to be in touch in that side. So it's a little, it takes a little bit more digging and a little bit more um, of figuring out what resources I have or what do I need to do to be just as definitely. And with that, with that said, um, kind of going like like through the through um, the conversation is if you could give your 12-year-old self advice about something you recently have learned about yourself, your present self, uh, what would you tell your 12-year-old self? Ooh. You know, it's really funny that um, you said you said 12 years old because I'm like 12 years old is middle school. So I, um, <laughs> I, I, I found myself within the past couple of years, I found myself really thinking about my 12-year-old self because before I was teaching at Kalihi Kai, and while I was still in college at the time, I used to be a part-time teacher at the middle school where I went to middle school. So you, I, you just can't help but think about, you know, your own middle school time and the kind of middle school kid you were. And I just, a, a lot of, I spent a lot of time thinking about that girl. And, you know, it, it's really, it was just really funny that you said 12 years old. But what I think I would tell my 12-year-old self, is to just find the strength to not be so fixated on what other people are going to say or think. 
I think that something that I feel like that I pride myself on, right, um, and in, you know, now at 25 is that I have a lot more confidence that I think that I did while I was in school. And, you know, when you don't necessarily think about those things, you're able to just listen to what your head and your heart is saying. And when you hear those things, then you have no choice, right? Than to like deal with those things and make those decisions rather than having to filter it through, oh, but what will my family think? Or what will my mentors think? Or, you know, what what does society think? You know, and, and I'm talking as somebody that, you know, that is Filipino, not, not just Filipino, but as somebody that is Filipino and also plus size and has a big mouth. I'm gonna just say that, it has a big mouth. Like, <laughs> at 12 years old, you know, I think that there, I, ha- I had a lot of insecurities um, considering those things, but I think that if I put those aside, that I, I think I would have been much more ahead in the game as I think I am today. And I am not putting myself down of where I am now, but I always, you know, I look at my 12-year-old little cousin today and I'm always like, you know what, if this is what you want to do, do it. Do what you're gonna do for you and yourself because what that's that's who's gonna matter 10, 15, 20 years from now. And I still that's like like so like in deep, like powerful. Like I don't know if it's just me, but I'm getting chicken skin. <laughs> you're so funny. <laughs> it's I'm, just, I'm I'm using a little bit of my teacher voice on you, like, yes, you you do it. <laughs> Honestly, like yeah, that's that's like really like the the main advice right there. And I feel like any any middle schooler like trying to like like going through their life right now, like we're, we were all in their shoes. Like we didn't know what we wanted to do. Like we we listened to our our parents growing up and all that, and like we feel so much pressure to just do certain expectation. But you know what? Like just just focus on what you love like what you said and like, right. uh, like I think that at 12 years old you're 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 already very unsure about who you are right but to have that on top of having to compare yourself to the media having to compare yourself to your peers in you know Filipinos you know comparing ourselves to our you know aunties and cousins that all became nurses and doctors like that those are easy things to have to deal with at 12 years old and and like for it and you know that any like if like my 12 year old self could hear me like girl it's gonna be okay just do do what you want at this point <laughs> right right like like if I, if like if we had like a time machine like and like can tell an advice to our 12 year old self like so i thought like it, i thought because my connection said is like not working it's like i thought you left on my screen oh, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> but wait, what was i saying um but like if you had like a time machine like to go back to your middle school self to like like you can tell yourself like like little like your little self like you can just give that advice and yeah it wouldn't even be like big things I would just like whisper in my own ear be like do it talk to that person just sing you know like very small things and I think I yeah I like 
and even you know even at 25 years old I still have like I still have things like really bad stage fright sometimes or like anxiety in front of new people and those are all normal things but at 12 years old I think it was even worse so to find to find I think the um the sanity I have of just being able to be comfortable in my own skin is a very very long time coming and you know if if any 12 year old could have that I think it would make middle school and high school a lot more easier and like going from going to the past now like you kind of looking to yourself into the future let's just do five years from now um why do you see yourself I think in five years that I will still obviously still be teaching but I think that I will be somebody who's comfortable in their position, whether it's still at my elementary school now or um, if I end up somewhere else, but just being comfortable as a music teacher and um, not necessarily being afraid of all the what ifs as a first year teacher. I think that for myself personally, I would really want to be in a place of financial stability and being able, you know, to have a house and have um and you know really start to make to make a life for for myself and you know if if there is a person with me um and for and you know just to really be um helpful for my own family to be able to provide um for my mom and my sister and um you know not have them I think like five years from now like there's just there's going to be so much that will happen, um, especially since last year, like unpredictable. But I, if there's anything that we can like help support, like we'll always be here. <laughs> yeah, I think it's crazy. It's crazy to think five years, right? Because I, I think honestly, I think about August 1st and I'm like, wow, a lot has happened since then. And then you think about a year and to think five years ago, I would not... I, I, I would not, I don't even think that five years ago me thought I would have this profession, um, let alone anything close, you know, or to be in the place where I am now. And I think that's just really incredible. So whoever she's coming in five years, we'll embrace her. It'll be a fun ride. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I actually, um, I actually graduated college in my undergrad I have a bachelor's um, of science in um, family services and childhood development which in layman's terms is uh, at UH they call it FAMR right which if you don't know what FAMR is FAMR is like the prevental stage for social work so it's all of the work that you can do before it gets to that place and at the time I really wanted to, I really wanted to work with nonprofits. I used to work for um, the Croc Center, and I was also an intern at Make-A-Wish Hawaii. So that's the kind of the line of work I wanted to do. Before I even got to that, though, I was I was like any other Filipino girl. I was I was a pre med student, and I was like, no, <laughs> we we can't we can't do this. This ain't this ain't fun. I, I that didn't last very very long. But I ended up graduating with that, and. Three days before graduation, 
uh, I got an offer to teach part-time at the middle school at where I, where I um, grew up in. And I was, I was supposed to just teach like a class or two of choir to sixth graders, but it just like life just happened. And the opportunity just happened where I became um, an assistant director for both band and choir for two years. And, you know, I, when I started that job a month in, I really, really enjoyed it. And I, and I said, you know what, I really want to go back to school. And so I spent the next four years. So I was in school for eight years or in college for eight years. Um, I spent four years going back for music education. And two of those years, I worked as a assistant choir and band director. So it's been a long time coming um, from college. Like, (laughs) That's really like, that's like, there's there's where you, there's where you kind of like, the evidence kind of show like, what degree you ever graduated in, like you can do anything with it. Honestly, like it's not, it will not limit you to anything that you want to do. <laughs> right. But you know, my, my advice to anybody that, you know, is thinking like what ifs or whatever, go to school for what you really want to go to school for. Cause if not, you'll probably go back and you'll spend so, so, so much money. <laughs> but like, I'm so happy that I went back to school. It was like, it was a long, like I said, four years is a long time to go back for a degree, but I'm really, really enjoying what I do now. And I don't know if I would be in this place if I decided to do what I would have done with the MRD. Thank you for sharing. And I, I wanted to ask first and foremost, because when you were sharing, I was I was kind of like thinking like, I think like you graduated something else. Cause like, like when you were talking, I was like, wait, I'm missing something. So that's just, that's just, that's just another way of like really saying like, you're you're capable of doing anything else like just follow your heart first and foremost that 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 really means a lot because you know you're like like you thinking about like and just life in general it's you know a lot can happen and whatever but I think to really think about what you want and then to come out on the other side of like yeah I did that. Like that's a, that's a big thing for anybody. So thank you. Like I really appreciate that being seen through just me talking. And like going back into the cultural aspect, um, what does it mean for you to reclaim your own Filipino identity? I think that it goes, it definitely just goes back to being able to support uh, Filipino culture here first and foremost, um, like on the island and um, supporting other Filipinos and being able to be somebody that lifts up our own people here in Hawaii and on a bigger and in my, like I said in my own work just being able to show my kids the importance of their own culture to bring light to um, their culture through music through my music classes and teaching them that you know our, our culture is important in music and it's something that they should be learning about in schools and even even for those kids who aren't Filipino and like I said, on a personal level, just being able to keep educating myself, whether it's top, it's it's heavy topics, um, or it's just you know learning more, you know more learning more about um, one of those big three, right? If it's the food or the music, or um, like I said, just <laughs> learning more Filipino words every day, things like that. I think it's all encompassing of somebody, somebody that I want to be, you know, somebody that's that on a personal level and as somebody that 
um, goes out and participates in all the capitalism, but also as an educator that I'm able to support, to support and uplift um, my own my own Filipino identity, but uplift the identity and be and be able to cultivate that through other. And that's just that's that's just it. And I think like this question itself, like I like to. I, and this with and this like interview with this question because like with all the things that we talked about like it kind of is a great way to like sum up like like your story and like where you want to go next yeah like i think yeah like as i spoke that i was like oh yeah going back and going back and going back so i appreciate i know i appreciate that that's that's definitely clever thinking on your part Tachi. <laughs> of course and like actually like before we end like I really I wanted to teach you an Ilocano word and like mm-hmm. um, I there was an app that one of our um, t- uh, a Timpuyo member created I think four, three to four years ago and like I was just like opening it and then like get a random word that I can teach you and it looks really perfect with like the the timing of the episode and the word was nalpasin 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 I can type it in the chat. Uh, so nalpasin. Okay, nalpasin. Is that how I say it? Is that, like, I'll make it a full myself. <laughs> yes, that's close. In, yes, that's close. That's close enough. Yeah, and that means done or finish. And it's wow. like you. So like it indicates like something is like done or completion. So that's your Ilocano word of the day. I'm- <laughs> I'm going to bring that back to my classroom. I'm going to say I'm going to say it to the kids, and one of them is going to correct me, and then, then they, <laughs> we can all say it, and they can probably say it better than me. But I think that's a great one. Thank you for that. Right. No problem. And like one thing you can do to incorporate with your classes, you can say "nalpastayon," and that's like we're done. Like we're done oh, okay, it. like together. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, awesome! Thank you yeah i was that was actually like because um i can also send you like there's an app it, it's an app on apple and it's called um Ilocano random and i'll just be random Ilocano words um and you can just learn each day <laughs> wow i'm down for that new word a day i mean at this point if it's if i'm gonna learn new words everyone's gonna learn new words <laughs> And before we end the podcast, I had the opportunity to teach Geraldine how to speak um, Ilocano by giving her a little word of the day, phrase of the day, to kind of like juggle her mind a little bit about like the different uh, greetings and phrases in Ilocano. So um, as you can tell, I did teach her um, the phrase we're finished, which is um, nalpasen in Ilocano, and then I gave her a little bit like word of the day from this app um, that was developed by um, Manong Daniel J. Pasqual. Um, it's on Apple um, Store in Apple Store. Um, it's called the Ilocano Top Project, and it's also on Facebook, um, and you can also like Google it on website. So there is an Ilocano dictionary online. Like for my Ilocano learners out there, there is these resources, and I'll be linking it up to the show notes with the rest of um, 
the information from today's podcast but let's get back to the episode yeah no like i said thank you i don't i i was really caught off guard but i really appreciated you reaching out because this was this was a lot of fun and i think i was able to really think about things that i don't necessarily get to think about you know in a normal routine so thank you for that of course and like if anything like if anything else like i'm always like here and like to like connect to like just being connection like being community because that's one thing that i've learned this pandemic is like community is so important um especially to keep ourselves like sane right yeah i think that's a big thing that we've all learned during this pandemic i think it's super crazy to um think of how much that's been an impact yeah 